Hello, and welcome to another episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Lissy. Sorry for all of the confusion if you're listening live. I uh, Instead of coming to you live from New York City here on Talking Alternative, I am coming to you live from Pennsylvania. I had to spend an extra day after Easter in Old Forge, Pennsylvania, so the show is coming to you from there. Um, so we'll just sort of get started, and I again, I want to thank my uh, guest from last week, Carol Bettino. She's the author of Roadmap, a Guidebook to Happiness, and uh, it was a great interview, so if you missed it, please go to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart website uh, webpage right here on TalkingAlternative.com and to listen to that and to uh, several other of the latest interviews I did, including all through the month of March, which was pain week. Uh, So we took a little break from physical therapy last week, and this week we're going to jump right back into uh, more physical therapy talk. And I'm very excited to have on my show today a great physical therapist out of Vancouver, Washington, and his name is Corey Blickenstaff, and I had the pleasure of listening to Corey speak at the Combined Sections meeting in Chicago back in February. So Corey, like I said, he is also a physical therapist. His primary interest is helping those in pain. He has advanced training in several manual therapy and movement approaches, but states that his method varies based upon the needs of the individual being treated and the issues they present. This allows him to treat the full spectrum from acute aches and pains to chronic persistent pain, sedentary individuals to elite athletes, young as well as the elderly. He prides himself on being able to provide explanations that decrease the uncertainty of pain and increase understanding of the process of resolving pain in addition to providing effective treatment. He has worked very hard to become an excellent physical therapist. He is board-certified clinical specialist in orthopedics through the American Physical Therapy Association. Central to his approach is a respect for pain. And while pain sometimes accompanies recovery, you do not need a no-pain, no-gain attitude to get better. In fact, such an attitude is usually counterproductive. Instead, Corey focuses on teaching you what your pain means and how to deal with it successfully when it occurs without having to ignore it or avoid it. He is originally from the Midwest, graduated from the University of Indianapolis uh, in, with, phys- uh, with his degree in physical therapy. And after working for a time in the Midwest, he and his wife moved to Vancouver, Washington. Born and raised in Indiana, he had no choice to become an avid basketball fan, and other interests include hiking, backpacking, mountain biking, and skiing, which is easy to do when you're out there in Vancouver, Washington. So, Corey, welcome to the show. Sorry for all the confusion in the beginning. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sorry. I, uh, this, you know, as you know, this is kind of the first time I had to, to sort of dial in the interview. But uh, so there's a little confusion in the beginning, but we are ready to go. So, <clears throat> Corey, uh, for, actually, first, what I'd like you to talk about is uh, if you could, in this segment, just maybe give us a brief overview of the lecture, sort of a brief description of the lecture you gave at CSM back in uh, Chicago in February, and then throughout the interview we'll obviously expand on it quite a bit. So can you kind of give us a little preview of what we're going to hear for the rest of the interview today? Sure. Uh, the, the program I was a part of was follow-up to Dee Eddington, who's a PhD out of the University of Michigan, and uh, he presented his research and, and talked about a book that he's written. And then 
uh, myself and another physical therapist came in and and talked about some of the in the trenches work we've been doing I, I do some work on site at a few locations and so I just presented uh, kind of some of my thoughts on on on-site work and how we can be helping uh, people and, and you know not, not only employees but employers with with uh, some services we might provide in the workplace um, and I talked through kind of some of my thoughts on on what I think a, a physical therapist might want to might want to have on board as far as skill sets and concepts to keep in mind as they're as they're working in that realm to help them be able to successfully navigate the workplace. And you know there are, there are a lot of aspects to physical therapy. And on this show, uh, you know, part of the show, what I really like to do is highlight how physical therapy goes above and beyond sort of exercises and modalities, and that there are different aspects to what we do. So I guess what drew you to more on-site physical therapy versus, you know, your traditional hospital or clinic setting? Well, for one, um, you know, it's just nice to be able to get out and see people where they work. You know, in the clinic we see so many people that come in with, you know, they say my shoulder hurts me when I do this on the job a lot of times, and, and we might try to recreate it or get an understanding of it based on what they tell us. but. Uh, when you come on site, you can actually go out and see these things and, and get a better appreciation of what they're dealing with, and it might help you to give them some uh, some better advice or some more useful advice that they can apply. Uh, so that was one part, and you know, for two, you can get access to these folks um, very quickly. Sometimes, you know, somebody's shoulder starts bothering them, and ten minutes later, they're coming down to ask me questions about it. So that's a that's a nice thing I like about it. It's a little easier to help somebody get by something when they've not been not been dealing with it for two months as they've been jumping through all the hoops to try to get to you. Um, you know, as far as what initially got me interested, I, uh, you know, a couple things. For one, just kind of the, the the situations that presented themselves to me in my career. I was at a hospital that uh, that uh, that started an on-site program, and and, and uh, I was the one that, that got to go out and do that, and I really enjoyed it. I grew up in a blue-collar house. My dad is a journeyman sheet metal worker, so I, I kind of grew up in in that environment a little bit so so that probably piqued my interest in it some as well but then just as i you know as my i've progressed in my career and some of the the approaches that i use and the way i i kind of approach physical therapy i think just tends to lend itself pretty well to the on-site work so it just has been a good match for me great and and we are going to talk a lot more about your approach to physical therapy um, because i think that that was certainly tied into your lecture at CSM, and we're going to talk about that right after this commercial break. So everyone stay tuned, and sorry for all the confusion in the beginning, but don't go away. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Lebowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 that's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, 212-721-8183. 
helping conscious people be better business people. Hi, this is psychic medium Betsy Cohen, host of the show, The Power of Intuition. Join me at TalkingAlternative.com Mondays at 11 a.m. Call in for a free psychic reading. Learn how to tune into your intuition to feel better and to create your optimum life. I'm here to guide you and to assist you in creating the life that you deserve. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you feeling overwhelmed in the current chaos of our changing times? A deeper understanding of authentic astrology can uncover solutions in every area of life. After all, metaphysics is just quantum physics, poetically expressed. I am Montgomery Taylor, and I offer lectures, seminars, and private consultations. For more information, contact me at Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at rljmedia.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy. Thank you for tuning in to Talking Alternative today. My guest is fellow physical therapist, Corey Blickenstaff. And today we are going to talk to Corey about the great presentation and lecture he gave at the Combined Sections meeting 2012 in Chicago back in February. Um, so, Corey, last, the last segment, we kind of got an idea as to how you got into uh, on-site physical therapy work versus your more, you know, traditional uh, hospital and, and or clinic work. So, uh, you know, the rest of the show, I really kind of want to focus on your lecture from CSM, and I think within that lecture, like I said last time, I think people also got a good idea of how, what your approach is to treating patients, and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, PTs out there listening that would really be interested in that. So, um, let's First, kind of back up and start, I know you gave a little bit last time, but, you know, what are the advantages of being an on-site physical therapist? Well, the, uh, the proximity to the, to the people that you can help, I think, is a big thing. You can, like I said, you can get out and see the things they're doing. Um, and, you know, I've always, <clears throat> one of the big things that I've always felt is that if, if we really wanted to change, um, you know, the... The, the pain that is out there, you know, these these really common problems, we we can treat people one at a time, which is great, which we're good at. Mm-hmm. But a better approach is to, if we can find a way to change the context that these people are working in, and workplaces kind of present a, a nice opportunity for this. It's like a microcosm, um, and you find that most places that have a lot of a lot of injury issues have have a context issue you know there's a there's a culture 
about different workplaces and, and you definitely see how that translates into how people that get hurt are handled and how they you know there's there's a, a lot of different approaches for an injured worker of how they're taken off work and brought back to work and mm-hmm. and that's just how they're handled in general and there's just a ton of opportunity to help with that with that process just by improving understanding on all the parties involved and that's that's to me one of the favorite things i feel like i can get in and, and affect the culture to some degree if if you're if you've got the ear of the right the right stakeholders on on site um and then plus you still have the advantage of helping one person at a time when they come to you with, with their problems. And, sure. and the ease of access to get to those people is just is just so, uh, at least in the situations I'm in, it's just a really greased path to, to get people into you. Um, you know, we set up shop on site. We've got a little medical clinic at all these places, and, and they can just walk over and ask me questions, or if, they, if, if they've got something bothering, bothering them, we can take a look at it. And do and these whatever. people... Do they need a prescription? Do you have direct access? How does that work? I'm in a direct access state, in a direct access state, and um, the places I'm at, they've set it up so that people can come and ask me questions about issues, whether it be something that happened on the job or something that happened at home. Okay. So, um, you know, if it is if it is in the work comp realm, then that's a little bit of a different story as far as. Um, as far as getting the physicians involved in those types of things, but those folks can still come over and ask me questions and and whatnot. But it's still a, a, a much much easier form of access. Mm-hmm. And are you making changes within the workplace? So maybe looking at someone's the way you know someone's work environment is set up, and are you making changes to that environment specifically? Yeah, I make recommendations for those changes and um, one thing that's nice and, and you know one one nice reputation that physical therapy has built us is that the people who are involved in making those changes usually take what we have to say pretty seriously mm-hmm. and so I'll go out and I'll work at a space and I you know be like you've seen a lot of shoulder injuries on this particular job and and these are some things that might be a play um, and these are some ways you might consider changing it and then you let the, the local experts the engineers the safety the safety folks uh, kind of run with that information and find what's going to fit best for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that's a nice way that you can make some change. And even there's opportunity for just organizing the, the job differently as far as personnel. There's job rotation opportunities and, and things like that. It all kind of depends on the employer you're working with, too. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, as far as being a physical therapist, what what are your goals about your goals as a physical therapist, and how do you kind of go about achieving them? I thought this was a great point that you made during the lecture. Yeah, my overall mission, um, you know, I've kind of chipped away at this and changed the way I say it over the last few years several times. But the, the current working version I've got is that I want people to reach an autonomous state of health, is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, all that means is that I want people. To, to consider themselves well and not have to be tied to something, to some other person or profession or whatever to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another way of thinking about it is that I, um, if, people, if people come to see me, if they have a problem, I want, I, I want them to feel like I become an unnecessary part of that equation as quickly as possible. Okay. And, and so that's, that's kind of what guides the way I, the way I treat people. How can I... Um, how can I help them kind of get on top of this and feel like they've they've got it managed on their own terms, not not uh, 
being something that they need to come see me forever and ever for and, and, and all the things that that leads to. Right, so sort of a way for them to take control of their own health. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and we talk about, I think physical therapy, we've, we've always been good about wanting people to become independent. We've called it independent, but I feel like a lot of times that's almost like a pseudo-independent. You know, we, mm. we want them to we want them to get to a point where they don't have to come into the clinic, but we also kind of still, you know, there's still that need there a little bit, like uh, like we're the holders of some special information that, that they have to come to us to, to find. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I just, I, I just want people to not feel like there's this big mystical, magical thing around their problems and that they can get, a whole, get on top of it and that I'm always here if they need, if they need my help, but to try to teach them how to feel like... Uh, it's an extraordinary circumstance when that's when that's the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, and and I think that that makes perfect sense, perfect sense. And the other thing that you spoke about, and I guess this kind of goes along with the autonomous state of health, is the iatrogenesis uh, within healthcare. So, could you kind of explain that for listeners? Sure. Yeah, I think as far as reaching that mission of getting people to an autonomous state of health, I, I feel like that's a big opportunity, um, especially in physical therapy. There's a lot of things. First of all, when I'm talking about iatrogenesis, I'm, what I mean by that is that the label, the name that we give to whatever it is they come to us with, the label of that thing becomes the problem versus whatever issue is underlying it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think a good example is uh, people who have meniscus tears, mm-hmm. you know, we know we've got a lot of great ways to identify these things. It's, we've, there's actually some studies that show we can identify them with some, uh, with some accuracy in folks. But the question is, for what reason? Is that even a relevant finding? We also know from the research that, uh, you know, there's actually some sham-controlled meniscectomy studies that have shown that people in the long run are no better for having had the surgery when they have a meniscectomy. But the real kicker is that once you've told a person, once a person finds out that they've got a torn meniscus, they are more likely to seek out that invasive procedure. So that's, I think, a good example of the label of of having a torn meniscus Mm -hmm. creates creates a need for something else. So... um, you know, it's kind of like uh, I had a conversation with Jason Silvernell about this a while back where I said, uh, you know, it's like, well, you've got a meniscus tear. There's nothing really great you can do about it. But now that I've told you about it, you're going to be more likely to go into the knife anyway. So right. there you go. You're welcome. Right. Um, and that's the kind of thing I want to get away with. There's a lot of that to get away from. There's a lot of different, uh, a lot of different examples of that. But I think that's a, a good one. So, so thinking about the, the things that we call the problems that come to us and why we call them that. Mm-hmm. Um, in physical therapy, you know, another great example is this, uh, you know, a lot of our testing is, is kind of wrapped around this as well. We, you know, we've got a lot of things where we'll give something a pathoanatomical name, like, a, you know, an upslip or a, a rotation or, right. or, or what have you. And... You know, there's as many examples in asymptomatic populations of those things as there are in symptomatic populations. Absolutely. So that name is not, that name of an upslip or whatever is not necessarily relevant in a diagnostic term, 
but it what it does is it gives the people that use that a direction of treatment, a direction forward. Mm-hmm. And so what we're really looking for is is an approach that we can use with this person that's shown up in front of us with pain, not necessarily a, a, di- a, a true diagnostic entity where when it's present, people have problems. There's just mm-hmm. as many asymptomatics as there are symptomatic, so it doesn't qualify. So um, that is great. I think a, a very powerful concept to grasp if you're going to work on site because the workers' comp direction is, I think, kind of a minefield of this. Um, just the, the nature of the workers' comp system is that once you've got, once you've entered into the system, it needs to run through to some form of re- re- resolution. And the person, it's a minefield for the person because now they are. Uh, in a place where they're going to be judged of whether they're being compliant or non-compliant, and that determines how things progress as well. And if somebody has said, okay, you've got problem X, and the, and the traditional way of treating that is method A, and they say, well, you know, I don't think I want to go through that, well, now they look like they're non-compliant. Uh... And so this plays, out, uh, this plays out in some pretty dramatic fashions in the workers' in the workers' comp game. And so right. if you can, I feel like we've got an opportunity to be at the front line of this. And if we, if we don't push people down a path that they don't need to go down from the beginning, we're, we're going to be able to keep people out of that, out of that minefield. It's not like we're trying to hide them from workers' comp, but there's a lot of people that go down that path that don't necessarily, don't necessarily, they're not necessarily appropriate for it. Right, right. And, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that in the, in the next segment. Um, so we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll sort of continue, because I think that that workers' comp stuff is a little confusing, and um, I think you make some great points on that. So we're going to take a quick break, Corey. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Is your marriage in trouble? Are you considering divorce? Hello, I'm Lawrence Bloom, a family law attorney in New York and New Jersey. No one is happier than the day their divorce is final. My firm can help you. We take the nasty out of the divorce process and make people happy. Please call us at 212-964-3502 for a free consultation. That's Lawrence H. Bloom at 212-964-3502. 964-3502. We make people happy. Hey, all you crazy listeners. 
Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Welcome back to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. I am your host, Karen Litzy, joined today by physical therapist Corey Blickenstaff. Corey is a physical therapist that works on-site in businesses and job locations, and he is located in Vancouver, Washington. So, Corey, last time uh, we sort of got into, uh, you know, a little bit of the, the workers' comp and how you navigate this and with the insurance company and things like that, and... Um, I think we'll get we'll get back into that in in a little bit, but I think the more important part uh, the more important part about what you were saying was, you know, trying to the, sort of the, your goals as a PT, trying to get that patient to an autonomous state of health, and also looking at looking at the person, I guess, trying to get the person really to look beyond that specific diagnosis. You kind of used a meniscus tear in the knee as, as the example. Um, so I guess another question then becomes um, how diagnostic testing plays into how you're treating that patient. So, you know, the true presence of pathology versus looking for what you think should be there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a big thing. That's There's just a lot of room for improvement in physical therapy in general. Yeah, I think it's a big trap. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, you may get, like you said, if it's meniscus tear and you do, you know, uh, uh, a test on the knee to confirm that meniscus tear and then everything is focused just on meniscus tear when, like you said, you know, you kind of don't want to fall into that every time. Yeah, and it's a little tough. I mean, for one, that's how we're taught right. in school to, to look at these things. So it's kind of a change of track there. And it's also what's out there just culturally for us, too. So you're, you're kind of swimming upstream quite a bit with, with this approach in some of those cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's real important. I mean, you know, I mentioned kind of how you can change the track in the in injured workers or how they go forward. You know, it, it's a case of a little education at the right time goes a long ways. Mm-hmm. And so when people come in to me, you know, we'll, we'll screen them if, you know, if it's, you're looking at the mechanism of injury, what, what makes sense, you, you screen things that are relevant. And a lot of times it's a matter of just um, putting a person's mind at ease. You know, they, they just, they're worried that they've messed something up and you can use your skills as a therapist to, to test the things that really are relevant mm-hmm. and let them know, you know, yeah, you really probably should go down the path forward with this or, or no, this, this looks like something that's um, not a true pathology and, and, and here's your options going down a different path. 
Yeah, so, so kind of uh, keeping your mind open even as a therapist. Of, yeah. Of picking the the appropriate path. Yeah, and, you know, I'm I'm pretty uh um I'm pretty set on not ever forcing anybody down any path. I just want to give them the information that they need to be able to make a an informed decision. Mm-hmm. You know, you find in so many cases, whether it be on site or anywhere, right. that if, if a person just got, you know, the the relevant information on board, they'll take themselves down the path that's best for them. Mm-hmm. And if and if they don't, you know, I mean, there's there's an element of freedom here. People have the the choice to to go down the path that they want. And there's only so many things you can do to influence that. But sure. in the in the majority of cases, if people have have the up to date, relevant information on on hand, I, they'll tend to go down the, the the path that makes most sense for them. Right. And you know, another important point you made during the lecture was to lose the operator mentality. Um, so I just want, kind of want you to explain that in greater detail. What is the operator mentality? The operator versus interactor distinction is something that was coined by Diane Jacobs, a wonderful physical therapist in Canada. Mm-hmm. I believe you've had her on your show I before. Have. And uh, her and Jason Silvernell actually introduced this into the literature last year in the Journal of Manual and Manipulative Therapy. Uh, I believe it's called Introducing the Operator and Interactor Treatment Approach. Yes. But... It's this idea that the effects that our treatments have are not necessarily a result of us pushing things around and and you know making a mechanical change necessarily so much as the things that we do create an interaction that brings about a certain effect from the person that we're working with mm-hmm. and that's an important distinction. So many of the things that we're taught in physical therapy are almost like we're putting together a, a puzzle for a person. You know, you you put the joint into this position, and and you and you move in this particular way, and and move with a certain body mechanics, and that's the cause of the problem. Mm-hmm. And the, versus this manner of approaching it is saying, you know, if if we change things in a certain way it's going to change the way that person approaches their problem and solutions are going to emerge. Right. So, and I think that, you know, you used a very important word when describing that. You said, you know, as a physical therapist, we're there to bring about change from the patient, not we're bringing the change to the patient. Absolutely. Yeah. And, that, and I think know, that that's a, a very important distinction. I, I feel like I spend a lot of my time trying to talk the patients out of not letting them give me credit for the for the improvements that they've made, you know, mm-hmm. it truly does come from them. Mm-hmm. You know, we if we're responsible for anything, it's to is to put them in an environment where that change is the most likely one to happen. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's that's it boils down to that. That's what we do. Right. And in the workplace, that is an especially useful. Um, uh, approach to have because that that scenario we're talking about of iatrogenesis and and a little education at the right time can go a long way. Mm-hmm. I mean that's exactly what Diane's talking about as far as our our effects of interaction. So if you set things up with that in mind, 
it really is going to make a big impact on not only the way you you can help people, but but the way that they the way that they respond to you. Yeah, no, and and I think that that makes perfect sense. But I think it's also not like opposite of what we learned at school, but just not something that was, let's say, especially uh, focused on in in the school curriculum. I don't know what you're, but would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people when they when they hear about this, they're they feel like they got to throw everything that they've ever learned away. Right. You know, the the things that you use with the people, you know, you might use some of the same methods and tools and techniques or whatever with the patients, but you're describing it in a different way. Right. You're, and that's, you know, that's kind of like what I was trying to say to one of my coworkers. It's like, it doesn't take away the things that you do. It's just the explanation for why, you, why you're doing them is, is different. Right. Does that make I, sense? I think you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you you're getting away from the the cause um, language, you know, right. This mechanical problem caused problem A, and and you're getting away from, you know, it's kind of taking your own ego out of practice a little bit, not necessarily seeking to be the the person that gave them the cure. Right. Um, you know, that's another big change, and then just a matter of thinking about the things you already do in a different way. Right. And it allows right. you to simplify, and that's that's very helpful. I've been able to simplify my approach pretty dramatically um, to where oh. I'm not cluttering my mind with all these all these different uh, uh, different toolbox yeah. mentality treatments. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, and it's like, but trying to get therapists who are so used to saying, "Well, I'm going to go and break up your quote unquote adhesions, and that's why you have pain." Right. You know, it's when someone, I guess, has been treating that way for a long time, I think it's hard to to change your mind on that. I don't know. I don't know if you've had went through that with, with other physical therapists that you work with or you've been around, but it's kind of interesting to see that how they start to change their thinking a little bit. Well, I think just the way we're wired, and most things that we've already made a decision about, we go around looking for ways to affirm what we already think. Right. And so, you know, when you when we're trying to totally change a, a an approach or a concept, we're buttoning into that a little bit. Yeah. And, and so, and it, if, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Well, if you just if you can uh, instead of going at them and saying that your approach is wrong and my approach is right, that's only going to put people on their of heels. Of course. Versus if you say well, look at this. This doesn't make sense in in the realm of thinking that we're talking about here. What other way of thinking about it does make more sense? Mm-hmm. Then the person switches where they're not looking for an, af- an affirmation. They're right. looking for an explanation. Right. Oh, great. And that's great advice. And, and I think on that note, we're going to take a quick break, Corey, and we'll be right back um, to talk a little bit more, I think, about the functional job analysis and why it's useful. So everybody stay tuned. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Hi, this is psychic medium Betsy Cohen, host of the show The Power of Intuition. Join me at TalkingAlternative.com Mondays at 11 a.m. Call in for a free psychic reading. Learn how to tune into your intuition to feel better and to create your optimum life. 
I'm here to guide you and to assist you in creating the life that you deserve. Listen every Monday at 11 a.m. on TalkingAlternative.com. Hi, I'm Carol Ward from the Body Mind Wellness Program. Listen to my show for ideas and information to help you live a healthier life in body, mind, and spirit. You'll hear from terrific guests who are experts in the areas of health, wellness, and creativity. So join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on TalkingAlternative.com. Professionals serving community. Hi, this is Nancy Tato from Speak Spin Radio. Speak Spin Radio is an exploration of the world of communication, how it happens and how to make it better, because the quality of your communication has a direct impact on the quality of your life. Tune in Mondays at 2 p.m. on TalkingAlternative.com, where I'll be interviewing experts from business, academia, the arts, and new thought. Join me Mondays at 2 p.m. and get all your communications questions answered on Speak Spin Radio. This is Tony Martinetti, the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Technology, fundraising, compliance, social media. Small and medium nonprofits have needs in all these areas. My guests are expert in all these areas and more. Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern, on Talking Alternative Broadcasting. TalkingAlternative.com Wealthy and Smart. Again, I'm your host, Karen Lissy, joined today by Corey Blickenstaff, a physical therapist out of Vancouver, Washington. Um, so, Corey, last uh, segment, I wanted to kind of get into uh, a little bit more about what you do on site. One of those is the functional job analysis. So, what is this? Why is it useful? How does it work? A functional job analysis is just a uh it's a process where I go out and look at a job and I'm trying to describe how it's uh, the requirements of doing it physically from a physical perspective. And uh, this is kind of the first step in a lot of things that I do. For one, it's where I get to see um, you know, opportunities for, for ergonomic interventions. You know, if there's any certain outliers out there that just, boy, that's a, that's a, a thing that if a person's having a problem, it's really going to it's really going to keep them from coming back to work for a long period of time. And uh, as a side note, I think that's a, another good thing to keep in mind is not necessarily going down the path of who's going to get hurt on what, mm-hmm. but when a person does get hurt, what are the things out here that are going to impact them the longest? Mm. Um, you know, what's what out here if a person hurt their shoulder is going to take the longest for them to be able to get back to doing gotcha because if you if you start dialing those things in some of the other stuff kind of starts falling in line too so it's a useful way to get out and see those things and start thinking about ways you can you can change what's going on out there 
it also is a step towards uh, improving our communication with the physicians that these folks are going to interact with. Mm-hmm. You know, when they when the doctors are charged with setting restrictions and return to work schedules and these types of things, it's really helpful for them to have an idea of what the person is going to be returning to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of uh, course. You know, versus kind of this, well, you know, you're you're doing pretty good. Why don't you give it a try? You know, <laughs> right, 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 right. Because <laughs> no, the, the doctor. So, uh, your job as a physical therapist then is to sort of communicate your findings of this functional job analysis to the doctor, so the doctor has a better idea of recommendations for that patient. Exactly. Okay. And then that same information is useful to some of the the local stakeholders if if they're dealing with a an ADA request or something like that, it helps them see how that request uh, fits into the job, helps them try to start organizing what they what they might do or change. And, mm-hmm. um, just really useful piece, that, you know, where you'll find where a lot of the local stakeholders will really find it useful because it gives them something that they can, you know, it, it's hard, it's hard data, it's more right. objective. Sometimes it's they very concrete. Do. Yeah, exactly. That's a better word for it. Yeah, very concrete data. And then will, let's say, an insurance company look at that also. Let's say someone is on a workers' comp insurance. Will the workers' comp take that into account as well? Well, I think usually they'll they'll take into account the, the, doctor's, the doctor's recommendations based on it. But I've seen in the past where when they know they exist, they want the physicians to have them. And so... Okay. You know the the adjusters and the case managers and things are making sure that the local rep is is including those with their visits to the doctors because they they do find them uh, useful. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest piece, you know, the, one of the most important things when you're going out and doing this is is making sure that it's you know you're going about it in a way that that you can you can point to its accuracy and you've included the workers in the process versus uh, you know you could. It, it, you got to be careful, or you could quickly uh, get the reputation that you're, you know, you're the company man out there doing this, or, or whatever. And uh, you know, you really want to include the workers in this process mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that they're seeing it, and that you know they, you know, I always say we don't want people coming back before they're ready and getting hurt again, and we also don't want to keep people out longer than what they need to be when they, you know, that's going to have a big financial impact and otherwise for them. Of course, and yeah. So, uh, so we're really trying to get down to what is the accurate requirements of this job and, and, and involve all the relevant stakeholders in the process. Right, and, and again, that kind of goes back to your goal as a PT by making that patient more autonomous, you know, sort of being in more control of their health versus... By, by, I mean, by kind of including them in your functional job analysis, making them, you know, a big player in that versus just having them do exercise A, B, and C. Exactly. And then when they go visit the doctor, they can even kind of walk through it and, mm-hmm. and, and help the person, the, the physician, understand, you know, this is the thing right here that I'm worried about. And then the doctor can take a look and, and, and see what it is, that, see how, how it is that built into the job. Right, right. And, you know, when you're looking at this functional job analysis, it obviously changes going from person to person depending on the job they have to do. So yeah, I, I guess how, how long does a functional job analysis take to administer and then all the paperwork and, and whatnot associated with that? Yeah, there's a bit of time involved then. 
Um, I would say I've been doing them for for a little while now. I've gotten to where, you know, I'm definitely not the fastest person on earth within a while, but I, I've I've got a process at this point. I would say I I spend probably around four hours on a quick one. Okay. But sometimes they take much longer than that. It really depends on the job, um, you know, how prepared the workplace is for you to help you get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because sometimes you're working around busy people and you're, you know, you've got to kind of wait till they've got an opportunity to talk to you and show you things. And sure. So it's a big, vari- it, there's a big variation. Okay. So, you know, I think in the end, you know, for those listening who may be, you know, interested in performing these functional job analysis. It does take time, but it sounds like at the end, it's well worth it. Well worth it for the patient, probably well worth it for your clinic, for the doctor, and for everyone involved. So, Corey, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back to kind of wrap things up, so stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you feeling overwhelmed in the current chaos of our changing times? A deeper understanding of authentic astrology can uncover solutions in every area of life. After all, metaphysics is just quantum physics, poetically expressed. I am Montgomery Taylor, and I offer lectures, seminars, and private consultations. For more information, contact me at Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at rljmedia.com. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212 212- 721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Wealthy and Smart. Again, I'm your host, Karen Litzy. I'm joined today by Corey Blickenstaff, a fellow physical therapist out of Vancouver, Washington. Uh, so, Corey, uh, I think we hit a lot of the, the, the main points uh, from your lecture at the Combined Sections meeting, but I guess, you know, we have a few minutes here at the end. So what advice would you give to physical therapists interested in an on-site physical therapy practice? 
Well, I think I would start with going through some training with some, uh, you know, there's there's some groups out there that specialize in in helping out the worksite, consulting with the worksite. That mm-hmm. you know, it really is useful getting trained on job analysis and some of these other things that that you could be doing out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just familiarizing yourself with some of the language and the and the rules that, that OSHA has and the local workers' comp um, provider, your workers' comp uh, um, administrators. You know, it's out of our scope to determine any of the outcomes on those paths, but it's the language that a lot of the on-site folks are going to use. Mm-hmm. And so it's useful at least to, to have an understanding of how that process works, what are the requirements of the workplace as far as OSHA goes and, and workers' comp and that way you can you can stay clear of any of the potential minefields for yourself as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, the, the group I go through, the group I trained with is was called WorkWell Systems, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've had good experience with them. There are others as well. Uh, and then I, I think, like we talked, there's just a lot of opportunity for changing some of the uh, some of the ways we're thinking about some of these things. I mean, for one. I would just recommend that, that we as a profession get a little little more focused on letting our patients be the heroes. You know, mm-hmm. not, uh, I always say if, if this were the movie Batman, our role should be Alfred, not Batman. The uh-huh, patient should uh-huh. be Batman. Um, you know, and I think that's a, that's a big thing. And, and if that starts to happen, then you start to kind of automatically see some of the benefits of, of this idea of interacting versus operating on somebody. Um, you know, and then just starting to get an idea of, of uh, what your testing means, you know, I, I really like Chad Cook's uh, Chad Cook's test on orthopedic testing. He not only breaks these things out into what's actually, uh, you know, sensitive and specific and, and mm-hmm. taken from strong studies, but uh, also dials them into a little bit of what's a, you know, I think he labels them prognostic tests versus uh, interventional tests or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I really, I really felt like that was a useful tool. Um, but then just, uh, you know, the nice thing about worksite is that there's just a million ways you can approach it. You know, you maybe you start with, uh, you know, trying to get them to do some education. There's, you know, yep. most employers have requirements of safety meetings and these types of things you can get in and, and try to do some education there. They're almost always looking for somebody to, uh, to provide information there, maybe getting involved with new employee hiring orientations. Um, That's smart. And then just kind of going from there, kind of getting an idea of what their that workplace needs are, and then you can kind of start problem solving of what skills you have that might help them. Great. And and if someone wants to get in touch with you, if they have any questions for you specifically, how can they get in touch with you? What's your website? Uh, my website is forwardmotionpt.com. Great. And, and I'm always available by email, which is which Corey is? at forwardmotionpt.com. Great, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Sorry for the glitch in the beginning. Um, no problem. Sort of my first call in from out of state, so <laughs> I apologize. But thank you so much for coming on, and um, everyone, thank you for listening, bearing with me in the beginning, and have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thanks. Bye. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. How's your game? 
Want to improve your performance, focus, and motivation? Then you need Aspire Athletic Consulting. Stop second-guessing yourself. Move your game to the next level. Bring back the fun of the sport. Help your child build confidence and self-esteem through sports. Contact Dale at Aspire Athletic Consulting for a free 15-minute power session to get unstuck today. Your greatest athletic performance is just a phone call away at 801-604-0294 or visit aspireconsulting.vpweb. Motivational coaching for athletic excellence. Aspire to greatness. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Looking to meet Mr. or Mrs. Wright but still haven't found the one? Want to make your current relationship as fulfilling as possible? Then tune in on Thursdays at 1 p.m. for Love in the Afternoon with Marnie Gallison. As a professional matchmaker, I've seen it all. With distinguished authors, industry gurus, and experts on everything from wine to fashion, join us as we discuss dating, relationships, and more on TalkingAlternative.com. Are you fed up with talking points rhetoric? Everywhere you turn, it's left or right spin, ideology, no reality. In fact, it's ideology over intellect. No more. It's time for the truth. Join me, Larry Sharp, a.k.a. The Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11 Eastern, for the Ivory Tower radio program. In the Ivory Tower, we'll discuss what's important to you, society, politics, business, and family. It's provocative talk for the realist and the skeptic who want to know what's really going on, what does it mean, and what can be done about it. So gain special access to the Ivory Tower and listen to me, Larry Sharp, your Neo Sage, Tuesday nights, 9 to 11, New York time. Go to ivorytowerradio.com for details. That's ivorytowerradio.com. The Ivory Tower is a great place to visit for both entertainment and education. Listen in Tuesday nights, 9 to 11. It will make you smarter. Talkingalternative.com. 